0: welcome to episode 44 of the valley sports talk podcast Uh, as you can tell it's just me and brandon tonight the other guys could not make it um but that's okay because we'll still give you a very entertaining show as me and brandon have decided to talk about our nfl playoff predictions and our final award predictions for the season uh we're currently recording this thursday night uh April the 28th. So not every single series is set in stone. There are some possibilities that other series could move. Um, But we are going to do this video based on the fact that every series will not change. So for example, Pittsburgh will currently be playing the Rangers and the Stars are playing the Flames and Avalanche and Predators. Randy, you got anything to say before we start? Let's get this thing going. Let's get underway. Um, So like I said, we'll start uh, with our playoff predictions. We're going to start in the East. Um, The first series we have is the Atlantic number one. And I believe they're the, did the Florida win the President's Trophy or is that Colorado? No, they're going to win it. So Florida will probably be the President's Trophy winner, which means they won't win the Cup. Um. But they are slated right now to play the Wild Card 2 team in the Washington Capitals. Um, side note, uh, every team in the East for the first time ever um, had over 100 points on the season, um, which is pretty crazy um, considering four of those teams will not make it out of the first round.
1: That's wild. I remember like five, four years ago when 90 points was basically a playoff lock. And yeah, now, yeah. Now it's, you got
0: 100. 100. it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, as of right now, the only other team that will most likely be playing Florida could be Pittsburgh. Um, but right now it is Washington in that second wildcard spot. Um, so I think this is still gonna be a good series. Obviously, um, you got the capitals who won the cup a couple of years ago, they are starting to age and their goalies have their goalie situation does have some question marks. Um, Personally, I'm going to take Florida in five. I think just the goaltending situation is going to be overpowered for the high-scoring Florida team. And when you have a team of Barkoff, Giroux, Sam Bennett, Duclair, Huberdeau, Marchment, um, I'm 100% missing guys. You got Mackenzie Weger on defense, Ben Chirault. You know, I could keep going. Um, and you have some question marks in that, especially tonight. Whenever the um, starter or the potential starter for uh, Washington, but uh, I believe it was four, four or five goals in, um, against the Islanders. Um, it's pretty hard to be confident in your goaltending situation when that happens.
1: Okay, this is a bit of a side note, but Hollywood Brown was traded I saw to that. I the Cardinals I and pick and pick a hundred for pick twenty three. That's it. Yeah,
0: that's weird. It's a yeah, receiver though. Receivers don't go for very much.
1: I guess that that's that blows my mind. Um, I'm kind of with you though. I think it'll also be Panthers in five. I think the biggest thing is um to say what you said in one word is is depth. Um, I think Florida has way more depth than the Capitals. I think the Capitals have a good top six, but like Noah said, they're kind of aging, and uh obviously the biggest thing is is the goalie situation. Um, Brofsky's had a big bounce back year from last year and Washington can't seem to find a starting goalie. So I think this one will be over pretty quick. Um, And I think this might be the last year we see the Capitals in the playoffs for quite some time.
0: It's definitely a, a weird situation in Washington because they are a good team, but they are definitely starting to age. Yeah. Um, and we're starting to see that um moving along the next uh matchup we have the atlantic two which is brandon maple leafs um versus the defending defending uh tampa bay lightning as the atlantic three um i know brandon is probably high on the Leafs, even though it's kind of hard to be after their playoff success so i'll let him go first and i'll follow him up
1: um yeah i'm actually like for being a Leafs fans i'm pretty realistic i know Know the problems they've got in like the last couple of years they've been in the playoffs. I've just had a weird feeling that like the streak's gonna continue, but this this year I don't know why I just have some some weird feeling going on that this is the year they do it I think regardless um this is gonna be a long series i think uh this could be a a potential seven game series for sure um having Toronto having home ice is big, I think um the thing I've just noticed recently with Tampa is, is they look they look tired and and that's kind of understandable winning the cup the last two years in a row. Um that's hard on the body. They've played a lot of NHL hockey games in the past two and a half years. So I I, I am gonna pick the Leafs. I'm gonna say in seven. Um yeah, we'll see how it goes. But um I just think the de- the defense of the Leafs has improved over the last couple of years. I think this is probably the best team they have brought in the playoffs over the last couple of years. So I think this is the year they get it done against Tampa.
0: I'm going to go against you personally. Um, I don't think it's anything against the Leafs. Um, I know you are a big believer, but I am not a huge believer in Jack Campbell being a number one goalie. Um, He sat behind Jonathan Quick for countless amounts of years. He was shaky coming back. Uh, He was good at the start of the year, then he was shaky and then, he was good again to end of the year. Um, but in a seven-game series, I'm going to take the probably the best goalie on the planet right now. You could argue Schuster, and you could argue somebody else. But I'm going to say that Vasilevsky sort of steals it. I'm actually going to go Tampa in six. I think they win it at home. Um, I also personally like the forward depth of Tampa a bit more. I think adding Nick Paul and Brandon Hagel at the deadline were massive moves for their depth. And then the, I like their fourth line with Paddy Maroon. Corey Perry, and Belmar on it. Obviously, I think the Leafs could steal it having Matthews with 60. Um, Vasiliski is not going to be able to stop um, any of, not all of his shots. Um, He'll obviously be able to stop a few, but um, until Marner and Matthews sort of, until Matthews and Marner prove that they can uh, take this series, I'm going to keep going with the team against them. What are you you looking at? The Titans are trading AJ Brown to the Eagles. We're recording this as the NFL draft is going on, guys, so these are coming through. That is nuts.
1: That's ridiculous. AJ Brown, who do they got now? They got nobody. They got Derrick Henry. That's it.
0: This is nuts.
1: Wow. I'm shocked.
0: This is definitely going to be talked about next week for sure now. (laughs) More in-depth. Wow. Wow.
1: That's crazy. Anyways,
0: <laughs> anyways, moving on. Um, I had <laughs> the Tampa and six. Um, moving on to the third East matchup, we have the Metro One Hurricanes versus the Wildcard One Bruins. Um, I'm gonna personally go Carolina
1: here. I think this could be a uh, closer. I think this could be the one. Series out of the four where you have a wildcard team in it that the wildcard team could win, possibly. Um, but I think Carolina is just too much of a powerhouse. I'm quickly looking at their uh their meetings in the regular season, which obviously doesn't mean that much because it's the regular season. But uh, in the two times they played, Carolina won both games, and the one score was six nothing, and the other was seven one. So they've handled them pretty easily so far in the regular season. Um I know I should never count Boston out, but but Carolina's uh, shown it the past couple of years, they they always seem to make it out of the first round. And uh, I don't see why they won't this year as well.
0: I'm actually going to go against you again. I am going to go. Never go against way. Boston. Um, you've learned that the hard way to never go against Boston. Yeah, the reason I'm, I'm doing this is because Freddie Anderson's supposed to be out for the start of the series. And Auntie Ranta just got hurt the other night. So, um, Hurricanes have a lot of question marks at their goalie situation for the first couple games. And I think if Boston can get both in Carolina, I don't think there's a really good chance that the Canes are able to bounce back in Boston. Because Boston's a really hard arena to play in. There's some very p- passionate fan base in Boston. They get behind their team and it's hard to win in that building. I'm um, saying that like the, the Leafs and Tampa Bay series and even like the Capitals uh Florida series, I could easily see this being the other way around and I'm completely wrong. Um, the East is just so unpredictable this year. Oh, it's um, insane. But yeah, I'm going to go Boston over Carolina. Um, you definitely moving, could be right. Who knows? It's It's so nuts, man. Um, Moving into the final East first round matchup, we have the Metro 2 Rangers versus the Metro 3 Pittsburgh Penguins. See, I hate to do this
1: because Noah's a fan of them, but I actually have Pittsburgh in this one and this is another series I could see going far. Um, But I just don't think I'm as high on the Rangers as a lot of people are. I think... um, they lean really heavily on their goaltender and if if she's not on then then i think they're in a lot of trouble um and the the penguins have a team to do it like don't don't sleep on the penguins they're still good they won the cup a couple years ago they got a lot of the same core they are kind of running into the same problem as the capitals as they're getting older but they've done a way better job than the capitals uh, getting younger pieces through the draft through trades and staying relevant and they have they have Tristan Jarry. They have a good goalie in themselves. So I'm actually. You don't know
0: pitch. if he's gonna be starting though. He does have a broken foot at the moment. He's oh, yeah. Still, been undetermined.
1: But I'm saying what I'm saying is like they're doing a better job than Washington at staying relevant. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, like you. they were sort of in the same boat them too. Um, even if Tristan Jerry's out, I, I feel like Pittsburgh can still win this series. I'm gonna go like Smith has been playing very well. As he league. has. Um, I feel like this could be a longer series. So I'm gonna go Pittsburgh and in six
0: or seven i'm i'm gonna join you i'm gonna be biased for my uh penguins they have been playing very bad of as of late so they are due to start playing well they haven't made a past the first round in the past three years and malkin and Latang are both uh rest- unrestricted free agents at the end of the year crosby said um today in a press conference that he's gonna sort of take it in because uh, you should never take anything for granted playing with players like Malkin and, and Latang for his whole career, um, which sort of is unfortunate, but it hints to me that one of them could possibly be leaving in the offseason. So I think that will motivate them even more to sort of have that one last dance. Um, like Grant said, uh, he's not a fan of the Rangers. I'm not either. I think they are solely uh, where they are because of the play of always Obviously, they have players like Zibanejad, Naren, uh Adam Fox is a top five defenseman. But I think that if Pittsburgh's able to get at Chesterkin early, get under his mind, get him take away his confidence, I think that they'll be able to take this game in six or seven, like Brandon said. So I'll go my I'll go my guys.
1: There we go. Um
0: now moving on to the uh West um, playoffs. We have the uh, Central One Colorado Avalanche versus the current wildcard two Nashville Predators. Yeah,
1: this is one where I feel like if we're gonna see a sweep in the first round, I feel like this might be it. Um, I feel like uh Colorado has a lot to prove. They've been favorites alongside Tampa Bay to win the cup the past three seasons and they've just come up short every year. So I think this is a really big year, uh a sort of prove it year for Colorado. I think they're gonna come out hot in saying that though. Um it is hard to win in Nashville. Uh they do have some loud fans so I'm gonna say I'm going to say Colorado in 5. I just think they're too strong. Um Nashville did have a great season to make it here. I don't know. Well, I don't think a lot of people projected the season they had and uh I know Forsberg kind of came out to play Duchesne had a good year. Um unfortunately playing Colorado in the first round is
0: uh is a tough tough start, Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna join Brandon. Um. This would have been maybe I might have had to think about it, but the fact that UC Saros will not be playing in this, um, playoff series kind of um, dampens the mood for Nashville fans. Um. Uh, obviously, as many people know, that the Avalanche have had some playoff, um, worries in the past few years, not making it very far with the team they have. I think that this team is far better than any teams they've had. You know, Kadri is sort of broken out. Um, <clears throat> you have McKinnon, who's a top five player in the league. You have Branton in top 15 point league. You have Lannis who's going to be coming back from injury at some point. You made two um, pretty sized trades, trading for Archery Lackanen from the Habs. Um, they're just sort of that team that, is just really good and they have something to prove as they have been early exits the past couple of years. Um, that being said, I all agree with what Brand said, that Nashville will steal one at home. So I'm going to join Brandon and say Colorado in five. Uh, moving on, we have the Central 2 Minnesota Wild versus the Central 3 um, St. Louis Blues. Uh, I think this yeah. one's going to be a good series. Oh, This is going
1: to be, I think this is the best first round matchup in in the whole playoffs this is just two powerhouses it's so unfortunate with the way that the playoffs work in the nhl right now that these two teams have to play each other first round it's kind of criminal um they both played such a good season and have to play each other is very unfortunate um in saying that i think oh, the minnesota fans are just so loud I think home ice advantage is going to play a big factor in the series. So I'm going to, I, I just, I can't see a way where this doesn't go six or seven. So I'm going to say Minnesota and seven. I feel like uh, the acquisition of Marc-Andre Fleury is massive for them. Obviously um, St. Louis is obviously good. I mean, they, they got over hundred points this season, but I just think what Minnesota brings and the depth and the energy and the forecheck and the aggressiveness, I don't think St. Louis will be able to, uh, to withstand that through a seven game series. And I think Minnesota will take it in seven.
0: So I'm going to join you. I'm going to join on the Minnesota train. I think um, the addition of Fleury puts them over the top for this series. Um, as the, I'm, I think I'm saying this a lot of teams, the blues have question marks at goalie. Um, Bennington has not been what um, he has been in the past. Husso yeah. uh, was great during the season, but he has struggled as of late. Um, that was sort of the deciding factor. I think, forward wise i think um the blues are way deep are deeper than the wild um defense i think it goes to minnesota um and then goaltending is really where it comes down um to me for me making my decision on who i'm going and i'm going to take um my former penguin uh flurry over Bennington or who i don't even know who's going to play um game one as of right now for st louis I guarantee you they both get playtime this series. I think, I think it'll be Bennington game one, and if they lose, it'll they'll go to Huso right away.
1: Yeah, Bennington's been there before, so I think you got to start him.
0: I think he's got game one as well. Um, moving on, we have the third uh, out of four matchups in the West. We have the Pacific one, Calgary Flames, who kind of went on a tear in the second half of the season and locked up the first seed in the Pacific versus the current wildcard one, Dallas Stars.
1: Um, I'm going to pick Calgary, but I actually think this is going to be a lot closer of a series than people may think. I don't know why. I just don't fully trust in the Flames because they, other than like Tyler Toffoli obviously they kind of just seem to bring back the same team every year, and in some some years they make playoffs, some years they don't. And they always seem to be early flops in the playoffs. Um. it's it's just all seemed to come together this year. I don't know why it's this, this year it decided to work, but Mark's been great. That's probably a big reason why, obviously. Um, So I'm still going to take the flames, but the stars, I think are underrated. Like they have, they confuse me because they have the roster. They're just not putting up the points. Like I kind of thought they would. Um, They're definitely a playoff team with the roster they have. So I definitely think they can steal a couple games. I think, I think this might go a little longer than people may think. I'm going to go Flames in 6.
0: So, I'm actually going to go Flames in 7. I agree with what you said how um they keep bringing back the same team. However, I think um the reason I'll go 7. I think that the Stars are sort of like if I were to think of an uh dark horse, I would put the Stars in that You're um, up there, category. They um, have such a good team. Obviously, 2 years ago they're in the um finals and I didn't and they didn't even have one of their better players in Joe Pavelski right now. Jason Robertson had not broken out. Um the one thing again for me, I'm gonna say it again, Dallas has goaltending question marks. Jake Ottinger has not played in the playoff game in his career. Um obviously you have Holpe, who's hurt. I have no idea if he's out for season. I have not kept up with Dallas as much as I probably should have this season. Um and then who Dobin's been in the HL the whole year because of his cap it. Um do they bring him up? Is he does he go on another miracle run like he did two years ago i guess we'll see um but i think that the stars have enough forward power to be able to steal three games from this from the flames um, and i think that calgary calgary wins at home in game seven in the saddle Dome. moving on to the final uh segment or not segment final matchup of the west playoffs we have the pacific two oilers versus the pacific three L.A. Kings. Uh, I know a lot of people did not have the L.A. Kings making the playoffs coming into this year. Um, And and they beat out the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I know a lot of people are happy about that. Personally, I'm happy. I'm not the biggest fan of Vegas. I haven't been since they came into the league. I don't know. How how did you feel about Vegas not making playoffs? I was so happy. I was so
1: happy. (laughs) I loved every second. I watched it just to make sure. You watched that shootout? Yeah, I watched both of them. They were in a shootout the night before against Dallas as well. Or yeah, and I watched that one as well.
0: And yeah, it was definitely a shocker to me that they didn't make it. Um, especially after the trades. Like the thing, that, the thing about them, the thing I don't, the reason I don't think they made the playoffs is, Shreddy, like Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, and Patry both none of them played more than forty games all year. There's less than half yeah. your season right there. Those there's, there's the three best players on the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, they, they Leonard was hurt for most of the year. You know, they were re- relying on Boursois and, um, I forget his first name, but his last name's Thompson. Um, Logan. Logan, thank you. Um, you know, they were relying on them for the remainder of the year, and they didn't even have their top three players. I know they traded for Jack Eichel late in the year, but he still didn't play more than 40 games, and they went negative. They had a negative record with Eichel in the lineup. I think they'll obviously turn around next year um, and be right back, but it it was definitely a nice thing to see Vegas not making it.
1: Yeah, they're definitely going to make it next year. That being said,
0: in this um, Oilers-LA Kings, I could see both teams taking this. I'm going to go with the LA Kings in this one. I'm going to base it on Jonathan um, Jonathan Quick's experience, and I think that Kopitar... That Kopitar line and Phil. We saw last year that Phil Deneau was able to shut down Matthews and Marner in that um Habs Leaf series, and I think I don't think he can fully shut down Connor McDavid, but I think he can limit him to where that the the Kings will be able to um be op- opportunistic on those chances, and I think they'll be able to cash them in because I'm not a big fan of the goaltending situation once again for the Oilers.
1: Yeah, I picked uh, the favorite in every West matchup, so I gotta I gotta pick one underdog, and I'm going with the Kings as well. Um, like you said, a big point is experience, and although this is a young LA Kings team, they have a lot of the old players that were there when they won the Cup. They still have Brown, they still have Kopitar, they still have Quick. They got the, they, I mean, Doughty's on the IR. I don't know how how long he's out for, but I don't believe um, he's gonna be in. We'll see. So they, they still have all the old guys who won the Cup back with them in, in 10, 20, 2012 or whatever it was. Um, sort of mix that with young energy is I think it's a really good uh, matchup for for a team that's trying to make a run. For the Oilers, I just I can't pick them until I see them win something. Like they've shown that they can be beat even if McDavid and, and Sailor are putting up points. Like the Winnipeg Jets did not hold Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to under a point a game, and they still got swept, so I think it's just about limiting everybody else, and like Noah said, the Oilers do not have good goaltending. They haven't had good goaltending for a while. It's been an issue. They continue not to address it, and until they do, um, I think the Kings will have this series. I'm, I'm going to say Kings and Six. They're going to win it in their home ice.
0: Don't get me wrong, Mike. Smith has played great as of late but he's 40 years old i don't think he's it can sustain that for even if they win game even if they win the first series against la i don't think it's sustainable for him throughout a whole playoff series
1: no like if, if they have to play the kings if somehow they beat the kings and they have to go into the flames or something like there's there's no way i
0: don't i don't i can't trust in a 40 year old goalie sure he used no. to be good he's probably borderline hall of fame probably not going to get in just cuz just cuz of his accomplishments cuz he played in freaking phoenix his whole career but like he's 40 years old I, it's not sustainable like i don't exactly. know i don't know what else to tell you or those fans if any of you guys are listening
1: fix your situation you have the same sure you, got David. you got McDavid. sure you got
0: drysettle fix your goaltending and defense and then come talk to me talk to me when you got three yeah. cups <laughs> um moving on out of that um we'll have to come back uh after the first round is over and see how many picks we me and brandon got correct um i'm also gonna make up a edit and post it on our instagram like we did with the top 10 segments for our predictions so make sure you go check out our instagram to see that um at valley sports talk shameless plug of our instagram there Um, Mm -hmm. but now we're going to move into our final award predictions we are going to do the Hart, the Norris, the Vesna, the Selkie, and the Calder. I took out Jack Adams, Brandon, because I don't really know much about how coaches get picked to win. It's so hard to pick a coach that wins.
1: Okay, well, if we're going to skip out on coaches, I'm going to quickly say uh, uh Daryl Sittler. <laughs> He's a beast.
0: No, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'll agree with that one. I'll go with that, too. <laughs> um so we will start off with the heart which is basically the mvp of the league um i'll make brandon happy and i will go with the 60 goal man austin matthews i think we're gonna continue this this, this
1: mcdavid hate
0: yes this is mcdavid is just so used to get it we're so used to him getting over 110 points we're not used to a 60 goal score um i think matthews completely deserves this award i don't mcdavid wasn't even my top three for this pick for this award Oh yeah, my top three were Matthews, Huberto, and Johnny Goudreau.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: Um, I think this year, uh, Matthews fully deserves it. He's sort of the reason I think he deserves it is because he, he's not a like a he's not a liability on the defensive end anymore. He is a fully complete player. Like I believe that you could easily put him out in the last minute of the game if it's a tie game, and he'd do be able to, to like I don't know. I don't even know where I'm trying to go with this, but I just think he's he's turned himself into a complete player. Like that's been the question for him for the past there's been two questions about him. Can he play is he a complete player? Can he make it past round one? Will he show up in the playoffs? And he's checked one of those boxes. I don't have him checking the second. Brandon does. Like I said, there's easily a chance he could check the second box. He's just sort of grown into a top five player. And I you'll see maybe in a couple minutes, whenever we do our segment three, of where I think he sort of ranks in the, the top players in the league this this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna agree. We were just talking about the Oilers uh, not making it past the first round, and I think uh, we're gonna continue with this sort of Oilers. It's not even hate because McDavid's obviously great, but I'm also going Matthews. Um, like Noah was talking about the defensive end, he's excelled and he's grown and he's do uh, better his game in that way. And if you even if you want to talk about the offensive the offensive side like sure he put up 15 less points in mcdavid but i I saw a a stat over the last 20 years nine players have put up 120 point seasons and over the last 20 years only three players have put up 60 goal seasons so i think the 60 goals is a lot more impressive than the 120 points and and let's not let's remember that Matthews only played seventy three games this season. He put up sixty goals in seventy three games. Like
0: he didn't score. I know he scored multiple goals in in games, countless times. But he didn't. If you if we're going goal per game, he didn't score in thirteen games. Yeah, he's it's like, crazy. His, uh, he was scoring basically every half game. He was scoring a goal. Oh man,
1: it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, even if you. Discard that and just think about the 73 games he played this season. He scored uh point. It was like eight, four goals a game. Like
0: that's ridiculous pace. <laughs> that's nuts. That's that's, Do you know, the, do you know the players that have scored 60 goals in a season? Uh, Ovi. Yeah. Stan Yeah. There's three more oh, other than Matthews. Uh, uh, Timu Solani did in his rookie year. No. Um, uh-huh. I think, I believe he did. He had 68 goals. Yeah, uh, sorry. There's, there's three more now.
1: Uh, Crosby never did it. No. Nope. Did Lemieux do it?
0: He did. Gretzky. Got... No. Nope. Gretzky never did it. All uh, oh, right. Sorry. It, it, it is in, it's not this in the past 25 years?
1: Oh, in the past 25 years.
0: Yes, Gretzky did it, but not in the last 25.
1: Oh God! In the last 25 years.
0: Yeah, you're missing two. I think you'll. I think you'll be able to get one. I don't think you will get the other.
1: Uh, just for time purposes, I'm not even. I'm not gonna try and waste time. I'm trying one to of think. them
0: is a former penguin. He is still currently a pro. Oh, Jaeger's got one. Yeah. Jaeger, and okay. um, I believe the the other one is Pavel Bure.
1: Oh, that makes sense. He was a sniper. Yeah, back in like Vancouver. So Matthews days.
0: joins that elite company.
1: Yeah, it's not easy, man. It doesn't happen. Like, if, there's a reason why. Stam Coast was the last person to do it 10 years and ago. And that was in
0: 2010. Yeah. Like that's it's been, it's doesn't... been 12, it's been 12 years since we had someone score. Um Kenny Pickett just went 20 to Pittsburgh, by the way. Oh yeah? Yeah. Uh first quarterback off the off the board. Wow. Pit boy staying pit boys staying in pit. Stay AJ Brown got a four mil. Yeah, 25 four... mil a year, man. Yeah. Um, but anyways, going back to, um, so yeah, it's been 12 years since we had a 60-goal score in the NHL. Like, that just shows you how how rare it is.
1: I think it's got to go to Matthews after that. 100%.
0: Sure. Um, moving on, this is yeah. the only uh, award that I actually changed my pick from my, our midseason awards. Um, it is I'm the sorry. Norris, which is the defenseman. And I have to go with Roman Yossi after the season he had. McCar had a great season, but Yosi was the first defenseman in 20 years to put up over 90 points. A defenseman putting a defenseman over a point per game—you don't say that very often in the NHL. Yeah, the fact. I, I'm that the exact same way. It's 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 like being a defenseman. I know I obviously I wasn't very good, but just the fact that he's able—he he, he played—he played like. There was one time he was playing, Nashville was playing Pittsburgh. He was out there for four minutes straight because <laughs> they were out there on the power play. They got another power play. And he is the defense on both units. He plays both power play units. Like That's, that's, how, that's how much of a factor he is on defense, on the power play. Like, I'm not He's saying Makar didn't have a good season, but Yossi just had a better season. He just had that much better of a season
1: yeah i I changed my pick too I was also kale McCar I gotta go Yossi now like my thing is if we're doing best defenseman yes you got the points which 90 points in the season is ridiculous but also than that like if we're talking most valuable defenseman if Kale McCarr isn't on this Colorado team do they still make playoffs I believe 100%. so 100%. if Yossi's not on this on this uh probably team, not I don't probably think not so. I don't think so he is a staple. He's been there forever. He always puts the points, but obviously not like this. This is crazy. And uh, he's he, he to say that, like a lot of offensive defensemen are sort of slouches in their own end. He's no slouch in his own end. He's good defensively. And he's just an all-around amazing player who you can rely on in any situation. Like Noah said, power play, shorthanded, up by one with up the up other team. He's full.
0: jumping up in the rush constantly.
1: Exactly. Best defenseman by, well, I wouldn't say by far, but he definitely deserves it. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, moving on to the next one, we have the Vesna. I think this has sort of been a one-horse race all year. Uh, even though he sort of slowed down, I, I still give it to and He's got the best goals against average um, and save percentage by a starter. Um, like me and Brandon said earlier, he carried the Rangers, or we believe that he is the sole reason why the Rangers are as good as they are without him. Um, they're a fringe playoff team, in my opinion. Um, so Shusterkin's my pick there.
1: Yeah, I mean, we if we already kind of talked about this a couple episodes ago on our pick, and we both picked Shustarkin. Shustarkin is <laughs> such a hard name, and we both gave our reasons. I don't really think it's changed. He's like Noah said; he's been the one goalie throughout the entire season who hasn't really dropped off, and his numbers are there to show. So. And he's on a team where we believe, like Noah just said, where if he's not there, we don't know if they're a playoff team. So he definitely he definitely is the only guy, in my opinion, for this award.
0: Uh, moving on to the next award we are going over is the Selkie, which is the best defensive forward. And my pick is the never-getting-old Patrice Bergeron. He is first in defensive win shares. He's first in uh, face-off percentage in his own end. Um, I believe he's first in first or second in t- defensive takeaways uh, for a forward. Um, he's just been that guy. He's been like this his whole career, and it's, it's it's pretty really fun to watch. He just seems like as he gets older, he gets better defensively and better defensively. Um, so yeah, Bergeron.
1: Um, we've agreed with every pick so far, and and we are still agreeing with this pick where it's Patrice Bergeron. So just to switch up a little bit, I do want to throw another name out there. Um, I think if it's not Patrice Bergeron, I'm giving it to uh, Barkov. I know a lot of people look at his offensive stats and and just kind of look at his offensive game, but like a couple of the games, just watching him against Toronto, being in the same uh, division, I watch a uh, quite a few Florida games, and this guy it's underrated. It's underrated because just because of his offensive game, I think, but. The amount of big time faceoffs, like Noah was saying about Patrice Bergeron, and the takeaways, and his just his defensive positioning, and his puck battling, and all that stuff—it's really underrated because of the amount of goals and stats he puts up. But he definitely deserves some recognition in that category as well.
0: Definitely. Um, I think uh, I believe Barkov is number one in in defensive takeaways, and then Bergeron's too. So that one's a good that's a good pick too. And finally, the calder for the best rookie. Uh, I'm sticking with my pick from midseason. I'm going most cider. I know he didn't lead the league, uh, lead rookies in scoring. Um, and usually, Brandon said this when we went over our awards um, midway through the season, that usually the calder goes to the person with the most points, which right now it would be Bunting, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But I just think the way that cider has been able to sort of control the Detroit. Um, Blue Lion has to give it, they have to give it to him for that. He came in as a rookie and became the Detroit, Detroit's number one defenseman just like that. He's their quarterback on the power play, which something that is not easy to do in the NHL. It's not easy to do as a rookie, um, even more. Um, he's not the flashiest player, but I think he's a solid defenseman, and I think he's going to be solid for years to come. And I think that if anybody's deserving of this award, it, um, it's him.
1: Yeah, I'm going to exactly piggyback off Noah, and I hate doing it, but um, when we first did the, uh, the our first takes on it, I, I had Michael Bunting, and uh, I'm I'm going to definitely switch to Mo Sider. Um, for the exact same reasons Noah said, he's a rookie, and he might not lead in points, but he put up a lot of points for defensemen this year, and it's just sort of the defensive and just the on-ice responsibility this guy holds as a rookie, like Noah said. He's the one defenseman on their power play. He plays penalty kill he plays over 20 minutes a night if their team's up by one and the other team's got their goal they pulled he's on the ice if they're down by one and need a goal he's on the ice this guy's always playing he's getting the most responsibility put on him and he's a rookie on a detroit team that's not very good so to have all that responsibility is is a lot of pressure and he's excelled and even though he didn't lead in in points he shouldn't have he's a defenseman so I think he deserves it with the responsibility he is tasked with every night um, as a rookie.
0: Well, me and you are either spot on for these awards or we are way off, as we agreed on most of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, that should be good. And to, to end it off, I decided to throw in a top five segment. I decided to throw in the top five overall players um, in the playoffs. So I'm not talking about best. I'm talking about the most well-rounded, versatile players in the playoffs. That's do you so want to do? Do you want to do all five at once, or do you want to go five and then I go five?
1: Uh, what do you think? I don't know. So, I think we five. have enough
0: time. That, let's do five. You say five, and then I'll say five. Yeah. It's so only five. Ten, so it's only ten yeah, players. So From I, I, I think we're gonna have, we're gonna have a lot of the same players.
1: Maybe we'll see. I don't know. I think um. You guys, a lot of people might be upset with this guy being at five, but let's remember it's all around players. Um, number five, I have Connor McDavid. Um, obviously, if we're talking offensive, he could be one or two, um, but all around players like we saw in the in the playoffs last year, I mean, he got swept and he still put up great numbers. So it's if we're talking all around, I don't know if he's got the defensive sort of grittiness that you need when it comes to playoff time and you got close games going um, and you need to like bear down in the third period or something. I don't know if that's sort of his game and that sort of playoff style. So offensively, like we were saying, obviously he's one or two, but if we're talking all around, I still think he's a top five player in the playoffs. It's hard to leave him out. So I'll put him at five.
0: So for my number five, um, probably now that you said your number five is, He's probably a bit too high, um, or too low. Yeah, too low. He'd probably be too low. Um, number five, I have Sasha Barkow. Um I just, I don't know. I don't really have any, these are like sort of like ones where it's just sort of like a gut pick, and I don't really have like a, an argument to back it up, you know.
1: Yeah, who's your pick, sir? Uh,
0: Barkov. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, Barkov's four. I'll go ahead, or Barkov's five. I'll go ahead with my four. Um, I have Nathan McKinnon, who had a bit of a down year this year, but we all know the type of player he is. He's still top five in the league, um, skill-wise, and he's not a slouch on the defensive end. Um, I could have put Barkov over him, but I didn't, just because I think that, um, I think McKinnon's going to have more of an impact in his series than I think Barkov will not saying that Barkov won't have an impact at all because he's gonna have a massive but with Landeskog possibly not being in the lineup I think that more weight goes on the shoulders of McKinnon and uh Ranton. where if Barkov's not in the lineup they have Huberto they have Duclair they have Bennett they have Giroux um not saying that I don't think the avalanche are deep at all but I just think that mckinnon has a bit more to prove and i think he's going to be more impactful
1: yeah i also have mckinnon at four um for a lot of the same reasons you do like i know he he has flashes of showing it in the regular season where he gets a little feisty but just from watching him in the playoffs he definitely turns it up a gear and he's not afraid to throw his body around and that's playoff hockey and if if you got the puck in in his defensive zone he's not he's not afraid to hit you or or take that puck away, and he's no slouch at it either, like Noah was saying. So, um, I think that's where McDavid is probably a little bit better offensively. But McDavid, but uh, McKinnon brings that defensive uh, sort of edge and and grittiness that that the playoffs sort of brings. So, I'm going to put uh, McKinnon just over McDavid.
0: The Packers took a linebacker at 22. By the way,
1: of course they did. Oh my God, from Georgia. They need a white. He's
0: from Georgia. Um, moving on to number three, I have the guy that Brandon had at five. I have McDavid. You could possibly say he's the best player in the league right now. Um, offensively, I would agree. Defensively, um, or all around, I disagree. I think that he has um, steps to take in the defensive end, um, especially with the defense and goalie situation he has. You think he'd be a bit more um, wanting to learn on that end or wanting to get better, but I just don't see it. Um, so all around, I have him at three in these playoffs. you want me to say did you say three yet no you didn't say three go ahead uh i did
1: not know um so my three is uh my guy awesome matthews um i have my three i think just uh he's sort of i i I think it's interchangeable with nathan McKinnon. i think who's has a has a big gear to prove um this is sort of the make it or break it. He hasn't really shown in the playoffs yet, so I feel like uh, he he definitely has something big to show. He's against. due. He's due. He's very due. So we'll see how that goes. But he's due, but he's tasked to score on arguably the best goalie in, in the world. So um, we'll see how that goes. But on the defensive ends, we were kind of just talking about it 10 minutes ago, so I won't go over it again. But That's why he edges McDavid. Uh, if you had McKinnon over him, I'm, I'm not too upset. They're kind of in- interchangeable.
0: Um, did I say my three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. It yeah. was McDavid. Um, yeah. so my number two is the guy that Brandon just mentioned. It is Austin Matthews. Um we talked about him earlier, so I'm not gonna really go into much detail about him, but he has taken massive strides on the defensive end, which is what I wanted to see from him coming into this year. We all have known he could score goals as he's done it a lot so far in his um young career, but it was just on that defensive end. And like I said, he, he needs two check marks. He already checked off one of them. He needs to f- fix his defensive game. Needs to win some playoff series, and he's done one of them. And we'll we'll see if he can do uh, do the second one. Yeah, for sure. Um, my number two
1: is I guess, I don't you don't have this guy on your list then. Um, I know who he
0: is. He's six for me.
1: You don't know who I'm gonna say.
0: Yeah, I do. Who do you think? Mitch Marner.
1: Sidney Crosby is my number two. Um, I still have a number no one. Pick. What? I still have a number one pick. Okay, Sidney might be. Sidney might be your number one then. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess that means I don't have. Uh, I'm I'm leaving either um, Barkoff or Bergeron off my list. But number two is Crosby. Um, I mean, he he always brings it. He's he's done it three times now. Um, and that's just winning the cup. He's pinning the playoffs every single year. He's made it fire, obviously multiple years other than the year they the years they won the cup. He knows what it takes. Um and I find out as this guy gets older, he gets better in his own zone. It's it seems like he just he knows the game of hockey, obviously. And if he's sort of I, I don't want to say losing it on the offensive zone, but he's obviously not the not the uh offensive powerhouse he used to be. He still puts up his numbers, but he just kinda he he focuses, I find a lot on the defensive end. And um that's what you need in playoffs when you got close games. Again, when you got um if Jari's back or even if he's not you got two good goalies and nets. It's gonna be i think a low scoring series. And uh the plays and the chip outs and the dumps out of your own zone are going to be really important in this series and and Crosby brings it. He knows what it he knows what it takes and
0: and he's he's great both ways so yeah um my number one is Sidney crosby okay um, I didn't think he yes- had him. Uh, yesterday he was voted by the nhlpa which is the players association as the most complete player like every year the players vote I saw on that. different things and he was voted the most complete player um so that kind of uh, aided me in solidifying him as my number one complete player what brand said um about how he's gotten better as he's gotten older in his defensive end is 100% true. He's probably got the best hockey IQ out of anybody I've ever watched and this isn't even me saying that. Oh my God, I would, ne- I would never have that in a million years. Like, the f- you could just tell that he sees what's going to happen like five, six, even ten seconds before something's going to happen and he he tries to make that play Um, and he's having, it's hard to say but for Sidney Crosby, he's having a underrated season. Like, People aren't talking about the numbers. He missed the first um twelve games of the season because of his wrist surgery and then he had COVID. Um and he still is over a point per game. He he this is his sixteenth it's his seventeenth season in the league, and he has put up sixteen straight seasons of having over a point per game, um, which is the longest streak um in the league currently. And obviously he's he's been the best player um in the league. Like you could I obviously you could say that he isn't now, but for the last like 12 years, 11, 12, 13 years, he's been the best partner. Like Grant said, you know that he's won before. You know what he can do. Um, and even then he's first ballot, all of famer top five all time. You know, what else can you say about him? I, I feel like I could just talk about Crosby all day. Not that dis- you know, I could do.
1: And I, and I hate, I used to hate him just because I feel like as a kid, you kind of look at a lot of kids with Sam McDavid's the best player in the NHL, which he very might well be, but, As a kid, like I remember when I was like twelve or thirteen watching NHL, like I was just looking at like I love Phil Castle as a kid because he always put points. But people like Sidney Crosby to kids go especially at the age he is now, like for a kid watching hockey now, a guy like Sidney Crosby is so underrated because they don't they don't look at the defensive stuff. They're they're looking for the offense and the stuff he built. They don't look at like
0: what they don't like. The things that me and you look at now from watching hockey for so long is like What the player will do, like what are they thinking, like, like what, like
1: you know what I, you know what I'm trying to get at, like Sidney Crosby, like he's he must have a great plus minus
0: because oh yeah, it's I think it's about it's definitely positive and I think it's close to plus twenty,
1: exactly like the guy doesn't make mistakes in his own zone, he just knows what he's doing,
0: he's on like what I watch, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I watched 95 percent of the Pittsburgh game this year, he's honestly becoming too unselfish. Like there's times <laughs> where I am yelling at my screen, Crosby, shoot the damn puck! Why are you trying to? Why are you trying to make that extra pass?
1: I find him saying the same thing about Mitch Miner recently. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> they, they definitely, have, him and Marner definitely have some comparisons. Other than the fact that Marner's smaller and scum or speed, but just oh like, man, I'm not trying to say way, it means, they're two way game just from oh. it, They're definitely comparable.
1: Crosby's amazing, but he is not my number one. Because... Yeah, your number one um i have Barkov as my number one
0: um very good one he was number two in the polls
1: yeah i mean i think like noah said he leads the league in defensive zone takeaways and he he definitely brings that over when you look at his points he i'll try and talk and pull up his points at the same time but if you can be number one in takeaways and still do the stuff on the offensive zone like that's just playoff hockey right there there's lots of greedy games and you, I mean I've been sort of saying this about every player because they're all they're top 5 all-around players they all do a lot of the same thing um but if you're if if you're in the playoffs and you're up by one um 2 minutes to go Barkov is on the ice if you're down by one 2 minutes to go Barkov's on the ice he's he's a great in any sort of situation you put him in any any I
0: would say any situation in the game whether you you're down 6 nothing to 5-1 tr- to Toronto and you need to come back and win 7-6. He's on the He'll ice. He did that for you. <laughs> he did that for you.
1: Yeah, and I mean this guy played 67 games this year. Only 67 games this year. 88 points, 39 goals, 49 assists. Um he only took 18 penalty minutes this this year. Like his faceoff percentage is 57. Um it they don't say um takeaways and giveaways on this app, but like he does it all. It's it's ridiculous. And I think he is like if I'm talking about a I'm like the pleasant present trophy, the best team in the NHL, who's the best player on the best team in the NHL, it's Perkoff. That's my reasoning.
0: Definitely. Um you could argue that Hubert had a better season because he was like I think he's second in the league in points. But for I think no Huberto's first in the in the league. Is he over McDavid right now? Oh, he's
1: no, he's not anymore. He was sorry, he's not.
0: No worries. Um, but if we're talking about complete players, Barkov is definitely in the top five. When I had him at five, Or I had him at one, he could be, he could be interchangeable anywhere on that list. Oh yeah,
1: he put up 115 points.
0: Yeah, he's 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 definitely one of the more underrated players in the league. Yeah. Oh, 100. he always has. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for today, guys. Um. We'll be back next week to talk about our NBA first round analysis as most series will be done by then. Uh, If you guys enjoy, make sure you leave a like subscribe so you never miss a podcast. Uh, I know we've been saying this for a bit, but we will be bringing many games back soon. We just got to all get together um, to be able to film one, but they will be coming.
1: Dang right. Yeah.
0: We will see you next week.
1: See ya.